Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us on The Cooler Ring. I'm excited to share an early episode of the podcast that you may not have heard. No one understands the impact of M&A activity on marketing, quite like those of us working in the manufacturing space. Managing the brand and marketing of an organization that is constantly growing via acquisition can be a challenging affair, to say the least. But our next guest has basically written the playbook on how to do it well while creating a whole that is far greater than the sum of its parts. Please enjoy this interview with John Eklund from Promoc, a leader in the packaging machinery space. You're listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers, brought to you by Cooler Partners, a digital marketing agency made for manufacturers. I'm your co-host, Jeff White, and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, what's going on, man? Uh, you know, uh, Jeff, it's... Um I know we try because we're recording these podcasts and then like sometimes it's four or six weeks out when we, yeah. uh, you know, uh, publish them or more. So, uh, but I feel like sometimes maybe it's just the Canadian and he wants to talk about the weather. Absolutely. Um, well, it has gotten absolutely freezing. Yeah. The last yeah. We're like kind of autumn setting in or whatever. So this is uh, maybe it affects our moods or, or what have you. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I am excited um, about today's uh, show. I think we have... Um, uh, a great guest, and uh, it's going to allow us to unpack um, uh, basically uh, what what is the playbook? What, what do you what do you do uh, in a uh, in a brand integration uh, post acquisition? It's something that an awful lot of marketers uh, encounter, of course. And uh, our today's guest just has a wealth of uh, knowledge and experience, and so I'm excited to be bringing that to our listeners. Yeah, me as well. And uh, joining us today is John Eklund. John is the Vice President Marketing at Promoc. Thanks for joining us in the Coolering, John. Well, thanks for having me, guys. John, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. And I, I, uh, I, let's let's just uh, let's start with a quick introduction to Promoc and uh, perhaps uh, introduce our listeners to you a bit more as well. All right. Well, Promoc is uh, one of the largest packaging machinery companies in North America. We're uh, just a little bit south of a billion dollars in uh, top line revenue. Uh, we've been in business for a little over 20 years. And uh, kind of the elevator pitch on Promoc is, uh, you know, we have best in class product brands pretty much everywhere on the packaging line. And we, then we have the ability to integrate a complete packaging line on top of that. So I say, however a customer wants to work with Promoc is uh, exactly how we want to work with that customer, whether they need one thing or the whole thing. Uh, that's, uh, that's pretty much what makes us unique. And it's uh, how we've grown as, as much as we have. John, the company's only 20 years old, you say, and you've been with them almost that entire ride, yes? Yeah, I came on in 2002, so we were founded in 98, and I came on board in uh, 2002. Started out at one of the product brands, uh, Roberts Polypro, which is where I still have my home office here, and where I'm actually doing uh, talking to you guys today from, and then uh, just kind of worked my way up through the organization. Um, I didn't actually know... Promoc was the organization I was joining when I joined in 2002, if that tells you anything about where the, the Promoc brand was positioned at the time. I think it was about a year into working for Roberts Poly Pro, I saw something and I said, what's this Promoc thing? And they're like, oh, those are our owners. Don't worry about them. 
And uh, <laughs> that's kind of where we started. And uh, from there, I was fortunate enough to get to be a kind of a big part in helping establish Promoc as a, as a brand and then changing the message of Promoc and, and how we grow and who we are. Well, take us through that thinking a bit, because that's, um, uh, you know, that brand structure, I guess, that you evolved at that point and, and then the, the, you know, the acquisition strategy that it helped enable. Yeah. So, uh, you know, going back to the founding of, of Promoc, we've always been owned by private equity companies. We're on our, our actually fifth private equity company right now. Uh, what they saw was a fragmented market in packaging machinery. Uh, there's an association called PMMI, uh, which used to be the Packaging Machinery Manufacturers Institute. Now, I believe it's the Association for Packaging and Processing. And that was kind of a, a growth for them to say, you know, processing is a part of this whole th thing that we do in terms of our membership. But essentially, you've got 800 or so packaging machinery companies throughout North America. And what uh, the Promoc vision was early on was, hey, you know, bringing some of these companies together could add value. And I think that was the original vision was kind of a roll up and they did very well on that. And we just kind of continued that model, but embraced it to be more than just a roll up to be a, a very value adding thing and, and bringing value to customers and, and getting that message kind of straight in, in how we talk about ourselves, how we make it easy for a customer to understand what we do, how to navigate our organization has been a lot of the evolution of, I'd say, the last decade in Promoc. Uh, and I think, you know, for our listeners, if you go onto the Promox site, you'll, you'll begin to see, um, you know, it's pretty clear how this strategy is coming to life. Um, uh, and, uh, and, you know, I, I would say, I mean, I venture to say it's one of the more uh, cohesive, uh, cohesive, and yeah, a yeah. higher level of consistency and cohesiveness uh, with that many product brands. Um, especially for a company that leads with the product brands, hmm. you know, um, yeah, that's pretty interesting. So it really is a, a house of brand strategy that you, um, uh, but you, you execute on it in a very unique way. John, can you take our, our listeners through, um, kind of what is your playbook when you, uh, when you, when you get word of a new acquisition? I, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things. It's, I've talked to my CEO a number of times. Every time we talk about what we do and how we do it, you know, we, he kind of looks at me and goes, this isn't really that complicated, is it? Um, essentially, I'll outline our, our, our entire strategy in, in one sentence, which is acquire great companies with really good brands, with strong management teams, and keep the brand, keep the facility, and keep the people. That's the secret sauce. And I sometimes add on top of that a phrase that uh, sometimes I'll put an expletive in. I won't for the uh, the listeners here, but that is, don't mess it up. You know, I think so many acquirers want to mess with it and want to fix it. And a lot of you know, we don't acquire brands that need to be fixed. These are market leading brands and. Uh, the tendency is to want to come in and change things drastically without remembering that these companies were successful before you and you want them to be successful after you and you want them to be successful as a part of you. And a big part of that is knowing where the balance is of involvement and in what you do, what you ask them to do, 
and uh, how you integrate them in, letting them keep the things that make them unique and make them valuable and elevating those things and then taking the things away from them that people don't really love doing. So, you know, running payroll and managing email servers and a lot of the back office things, that's where Promoc comes into an organization and says, we're gonna take care of that stuff for you to give you more time and energy to focus on making great products, you know, being great at servicing your customers focusing on your competitors and just generally having that laser beam focus on your business. And that's, uh, in a nutshell, that's kind of the, the whole secret sauce to this whole thing is, you know, I, I, I've said it so many times to, you know, competitors and people who just ask is get, get good people and don't mess it up. That's the, that's the MO. No, I appreciate the not messing it up part, but at the same time, you do make some pretty significant market-facing changes with these brands. The Unless you've just somehow managed to acquire dozens of brands that all have the same typeface in their identity. That would seem unlikely. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, ac- that's actually our acquisition strategy is we look for a particular font, we look for a particular icon shape, and then we just kind of roll from there. <laughs> Yeah, if you guys have as those fans and yeah. a pill-shaped icon, we're in. Yeah. But I, I think it's, you know but, what but, you were just saying was pretty interesting, though, because you know, in a lot of cases, your twenty-year-old company is is purchasing you know companies that may have been around for over a hundred years, and you know, you're really kind of bringing them into that house of brands, as Carmen was mentioning, and and I think it's 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 really interesting how you've done that. Um, does marketing have any role in the acquisition target identification as well? Like, are you involved with that or is it only coming into your purview once the acquisition is completed? Um, it, it's both. Uh, we do obviously opportunistically things come up and you always have a look at those. Um, overall, we do look at what markets are emerging, what markets are developing, um, where should we be spending time looking. I've got a couple of market research studies going right now that really are, are trying to dial us in on certain industries that we think might be poised for particular growth that we either want to develop new products in ourselves or you know, find the, the market leading companies there and see if we can um, you know, possibly have a chance to acquire them and bring them into the fold that way. So it's a little bit of both in terms of that. My, my real involvement where I start to get, you know, very engaged, obviously about a month before an acquisition closes is when marketing really starts to work with the, you know, the company that we're going to be bringing in, talking to them, trying to get a vibe for what makes them tick. You know, it's one thing to look at the, uh, the, the book on that company that shows a lot of financials and high level, but that doesn't tell you the story of the company. And the story of the company comes from conversations with, you know, whoever the, the president is and, and some of the vice presidents. And you get a feel for really what makes them tick, what they're passionate about. And that's kind of where I start to really enjoy coming in and trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to announce this? How are we going to integrate this into the organization? Where are the synergies with our existing brands? Inevitably, any company that we bring into the fold, I'd say there's three really good product brands in Promoc that are kind of the low-hanging fruit of if you could spend time with them, then you're going to figure out already that there's a lot more business we can do immediately right out of the gate. 
and you know just trying to identify those is a is a big part of you know coming in and some of the early things we do. And uh, and then from there we, we move to uh, to announce the acquisition. Obviously, I'm just trying to play along the timeline. When does web facing uh, side of it uh, flip? Yeah, well, the uh, even before the web facing, once we once we bring them into the fold, obviously we we have to identify where they fit in the architecture. So we're we have the different business lines that we run Promoc with. We have our filling and capping group, our flexibles group, our pharma group, product handling, end of line, labeling and coding, and then we have our performance services group. So it's going to generally fall into one of those areas and then from there we begin work to your to your earlier question you know that is where we start uh, redoing the the logo um, where we look at not just the logo they have but we've gone back with some of these companies and historically you know these companies as you mentioned could be a hundred years old um, I think the average uh, length of a, of a Promont product brand, they've been in business for about 40 years. Last time I looked at the numbers in terms of, you know, how long they've, they've been going at it. So uh, there's heritage and there's, there's a lot of equity built up into a lot of the things they've done as they've gone to market over the years. So what we try to do is figure out what's unique about, you know, their logo, their logo type, their story, something that we can build off to create this more unified uh, brand as we redo the logo. And, you know, we do move them to the consistent typeface and what we call our little icons. I've heard them called bugs or buttons, but, you know, that's where we we evolve to. And that's a very collaborative process working with the uh, division that we're bringing on board. We'll have the entire senior management team on board, they're welcome to bring as many people as they want into it. And we'll go through several rounds of iteration to, to get to that new logo design that we all agree on that we then roll out across the organization. And that's kind of the first thing that has to happen. From there, then you're talking about business card updates, collateral updates, and then getting to the websites, a lot of it depends on the complexities of the, the websites that they have. We have a, a very established framework we like to work within. It's kind of based on best practices from the fact that we run 34 websites. Uh, so we have a lot of data within our analytics that tells us what user behavior you know, is kind of consistent across the brands. People want to see products. They want to see videos. Uh, so we lead with some of the heroes, and then uh, we know that owning a, a piece of packaging machinery is not just about that initial sale. It's about the anywhere from five to 30 years that you're going to live with that machine. So making things like aftermarket parts and service and retrofits more prominent on the website. Sometimes companies already have a lot of that stuff, and sometimes we're really working with them to develop the stuff. So the time frame. I'd say as a goal, within four to six months, we try to have a new website spun up for them. Um, sometimes we can do it earlier. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer. Do you use a consistent tech stack across all of the sites? Like, does everybody get the same marketing automation and, and all those different pieces? Or are there some companies that you do it a bit different? Yeah, we, uh, we, we centralize, again, a lot of the server management um, using uh, the, the same content management technology um, we're in, a, in the middle of a project now getting all of our brands brought into Salesforce and 
uh, leveraging Pardot for the marketing automation side. So we're, we're always in the middle of, of some initiative and that's a, that's a big one for us now. But getting everyone onto the same framework, you know, makes things run a lot better when everyone can be trained the same. And we want to put the, the management and editing of the websites into the hands of the marketing teams at these brands. You know, that's, that's a, a little bit of a different paradigm. I think again, when it comes to ProMock is because we do have strong leaders in the businesses, we want them to own a lot of what they're doing. Uh, doesn't need to come up to corporate for approval. Uh, we want them to, to have the flexibility to be nimble. A lot of the things that made them great before they were a part of ProMock, again, let's not mess it up. So your ability to make quick changes and be nimble and react to the market, oh, there's this new trend coming with whatever, you know, go ahead, put things out there. Um, we, we really encourage that. And then the, the other part of the secret sauce is how we share that across the rest of the organization. And that's, uh, I think that's a, another big thing that we have continued to mature on is how we collaborate and share best practices. And that, as much as anything, is another big part of the secret sauce. Well, uh, I'm curious. So how has that changed? Um, uh, what, what, what do you do differently that, uh, that enables that collaboration other than simply doing it? Um, I, there's, a, there's a lot you can do with technology, but at the end of the day, you guys know this, it's a people business. And there's no substitute for bringing people together. So when it comes to how we collaborate, we'll bring our general managers together and have them, you know, get to meet each other, have them give presentations to each other. A lot of times we say, you know, brag about the things you're doing really well. Hey, if you think you're doing something really great in terms of aftermarket parts kits, brag about it. Get up in front of everyone and say, hey, we're doing this and it's working. And then what happens is five of you know, somewhere five to 10, hopefully all of them, you know, will say, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that. And then that's a big part of it is actually sharing the business part. But the, the even more valuable part, if you were to just set all that aside, is just the networking time. It's the fact that when you join Promoc, no matter what position you're in, you have a network of peers already uh, that is going to be larger than probably anything you came from. You're a general manager we're a general manager-led business. Now you have 30 other general managers that you can ask questions to, that you can lean on, that you can say, hey, I'm really having a hard time with this. Odds are someone else has already gone through it. And it's the same message for the sales team. It's the same message for the marketing team. It's the same message for the engineering team. You know, And that's, uh, that's a really big piece of it. And there's no shortcut to you know, having drinks breaking bread, having a meal with somebody in terms of getting to know them, getting to trust them, and then being comfortable enough to not feel like, oh, I need to go to corporate and ask them if I can talk to that other general manager, just reach out to the other general manager. And it, it sounds so simple, but creating an environment where that thrives, I think is a big part of what makes Promoc who it is. And it's a, it's a big part of how our CEO has kind of defined how this business should operate. And that's why we can continue to scale and add more brands and it still works. 
Are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sample ABM. I love the notion of, um, well, I guess, you know, both both Jeff and I are involved in uh, different um, um, agency owner networks um, where, and frankly, it's just, a, it's an invaluable uh, part of professional development to just uh, have that peer group. Um, and uh, that's something that, you know, it's kind of almost a free prize inside, it seems, with Promoc. And, well, and you don't see this in corporations where there's the sharing of that knowledge and equal people across different divisions well, it's, it's quite uh, as often. It's quite yeah. rare, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's uh, fascinating. I, I wonder, you know, what have been, uh, I mean, it all sounds uh, sunshiny so far, John, I don't mind saying. So, like, you know, but but you've been there for the almost the entire duration. There must have been some challenges or pitfalls along the way. What what what, what do people need to really look out for as they uh, as they as a new brand is coming into the fold? Well, I, you know, I, I'll I'll get back to kind of what you just asked, but you're you're right is that this wasn't always natural. Um, 2005 is really when we started to make this effort to position Promoc and create business lines and put businesses together that have these synergies and, and kind of change that model where we have kind of that, that layer of, you know, you've got the corporate space, you've got the business line management, and then you've got the individual product brand management under that. So it was <laughs> my uh, my former vice president, who's a dear friend of mine. I think he would say we we still have a lot of scars on our back from uh, getting this thing where we wanted to get it. And you know, an, an example is in two thousand five when we brought all the or, all of the brands into one trade show space at the big uh, Pack Expo that we do each year. Um, we had one of our product brands literally put up a wall. Um, because they said, if I'm associated with the rest of you, it could be bad for my business. So it wasn't a <laughs> figurative wall. It was a literal wall. And it was at that point where we're like, okay, I think we've got a really big uphill battle. I was fairly young at the time. And I thought, boy, we should just make them do it. And I think one of the big lessons I learned from the senior team at the time was you can't just make them do it. It has to it has to be natural. You've got to show them the value and let them come come to it. And uh, I think a, a lot of it's kind of like trying to feed a, a squirrel. You know, you got to hold your hand out and let them come to it. Whether or not feeding a squirrel is a good idea is, is beside the point. But you can't force it. Is is really where I'm getting at? Maybe a, maybe a dog would have been a better analogy there. But you, you've got to show them the value and let them come to it. And I, I think that is a big part of what I learned is patience. And it got better each year. And what we see now when we bring a, a product brand into the organization is almost an immediate, okay, I see why this is good. I'm ready. Let's go. And that paradigm shift has happened subtly over the last decade, again, of so much of it is our reputation. You know, Promoc has a reputation in the market of, I would say, being kind of a friendly acquirer. 
you know, you mentioned the, the, the branded house versus the house of brands. And obviously being a house of brands means that we recognize the equity and what we what we're getting when we bring a company on board and we value it. And I think that paradigm sets the bar really high. Then what we've got is, you know, we've done over 30 acquisitions in our time. And most of the, the leaders of these companies we acquire stay on to run the business. And that tells you a lot about how they think about it. And um, what we have there is a lot of references for new people coming on, even before the acquisition happens, where they can call and say, what is it really like? And then, you know, the, the general managers will say, here's, here's what it's like. And it's all been very positive. I think uh, another big value add is when we, I work a lot with the sales team. I think the sales team is one of my most important internal customers. And my message for them when, when we bring them on board is who, who would you like to do business with that you're not doing business with? And odds are we're already doing business with them. You know, we've got 40,000 customers. So I can get you a warm introduction from another Promoc salesperson and help you get your foot in the door somewhere where maybe you weren't able to get before. So it's having a lot of things that are the equivalent of that to say, here's a little value, here's a little value, here's a little value. And then they get to see that being a part of this conglomerate, this organization, you know, I think I, there's some of the team tells such great stories about, you know, oh, we got bought by Promoc and I'm ready to hate them and, you know, working for the man and big, big organization, nameless faces. And, and I think, you know, eight years later, he'll say, I'm still f trying to find a reason to hate you guys. But <laughs> at the end of the day, I really love being here and I love being a part of this culture. And, that's that's the validation that we're doing it right. And then we just have to fight really fiercely hard as we continue to get bigger to make sure we continue to do it right. And I think that's that's a part of what I try to help with. Yeah, I think it's interesting. It's this notion of valuing the brand that you're acquiring. But then at the same time, you're not afraid to change. Like, you, you know, it, like, it's interesting. We started this conversation talking about the level of consistency mm -hmm. um, uh, and uh, you know, it, so many, uh, I've seen other marketers face this challenge and their idea of valuing the brand that they're acquiring is to not touch it at all, to not take any changes on the marketing and sales side. Um, uh, but, but that, I just love the fact that that isn't your, your approach. Like it's, it, you're, you've somehow been able to strike the balance of, of showing that you value uh, what they've built while at the same time being able to accelerate it. Um, and advance it. I, I want to just back up a bit, though, to that because uh, you brought up brought in the sales um, team, and, and clearly, cross selling is a big part of this strategy. Um, I, I wonder how that's uh, or to what extent uh, you've worked at enabling that cross sell, and any tips that you can give our listeners for that. I think it's something that you know whether it's um, uh, salesperson protectionism uh, that can creep in there or just um, uh, getting the data from one brand to another. I mean, there's all kinds of you know things that can stand in the way of 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 an effective cross selling strategy. So uh, we're all ears. Yeah, I I'm I think one of the things I'm most proud of is that we have kind of figured out our cross selling strategy and that it it really seems to be picking up momentum now. Um, again, I think it goes back to the the fact that you know. 
we can add value to any customer out there in a different way than almost any of our competitors. Because most of the competitors to Promoc are competitors to our individual product brands. And that's the way the packaging machinery market is set up. You have a great case packer company and there's probably three to five great case packer companies out there. And you could say that for every particular application on the packaging line. But again, when a customer sees the value of, oh wow, I can buy from multiple of your brands and have a relationship that goes beyond just the thing I need to where, again, right now you just need a labeler or a capper or a filler or a case packer, but tomorrow you might need to put in a new packaging line and to realize that you're working with a company that is already structured to handle that is a, is a really big deal because the trends you see at the customers are cutting engineering teams, having to do more with less, skew proliferation that comes from the fact that consumers want everything from a bulk pack to a single serve and everything in between. So their lives are hard. And then when they find an organization that can simplify it, it, it really does help. And so much of that is making sure that all of our sales team and our service team, don't forget the service team, it's a really, really valuable piece of the business. Service team gets to work on a packaging line, fixing a problem, and customers will tell a service team way more than they'll tell our sales guys. And let them find opportunities where a customer says, oh, I also need help with X, Y, or Z. So we encourage our sales team just to ask a, a good question to say, you know, is there anything in front of or behind the machine that we're talking about that we can also help with? And if so, we've created a system where anyone, again, sales or service can put in what we call it's pro lead, um, but that's our cross selling. They can put in a lead in about three minutes. And if it, uh, if it generates a sale, for the other business that they turn the lead into, they can get a, a pretty nice bonus on that. Um, and that incentive is one thing. And again, for three, four minutes of your time to be able to make, you know, it's a pretty generous bonus. I, I'm not gonna tell you right off the bat what it is, but uh, we've, we've worked a lot tinkering with what it should be. And that, that's worked really quite well. And we don't ask the sales and service team to be the expert at everything Promoc does. Very few people can be an expert at everything Promoc does. I'd venture to say nobody is an expert at everything Promoc does. I'm pretty good at it. I could probably, you know, if you asked me to name all the brands off the top of my head, I could probably do it. Um, <laughs> that'd be a fun game. But, uh, you know, we just ask them to be aware that, hey, yeah, you're selling a filler. We also have great cappers. What then happens is, again, what I mentioned is some of the organizations and some of the product brands have a really good synergy with one or two others, and they get to know them very well. And then uh, finding those leads and turning them in is, is, is a great way to, to grow the business. And that has, has helped our revenue quite a bit. Again, Promox's goal is to grow faster than the packaging machinery market grows. And if we're doing that, then we feel like we're taking, taking market share. And the cross-sell, I think, is the biggest key to that because every salesperson and service person has a touch point with the customer to tell them just a little bit more about this organization that we're a part of. And I think that awareness of the other solutions on the packaging line, again, it's that subtle paradigm shift over the last decade to where I just want to sell my thing to I see the value in me telling a customer we can do more for them because it helps me differentiate my thing. 
And um, that's that's been a really big part of the, the story. And again, I think it's constant reminders that this is out there. Um, you know, if you just set it and forget it, it's one thing. So we publish a newsletter each month that we call out who's doing really well. Uh, we we want to, you know, reward the brands and the individuals that we feel like are, are really stand in for a lot of the things that we value, which is, you know, the cross-selling, the integration, the collaboration, but again, just bringing more solutions to customers. At the end of the day, that's kind of the guiding light is, let's make it easy for our customers to do business with us. And that's kind of what drives the whole thing. There's, and am I right in understanding that essentially nobody um, owns the account at the top level? I mean, there, there isn't a ProMoc uh, sales relationship manager or something of the sort that owns the global account, but rather um, it's more almost network owned, if you will, amongst sales from the different organizations. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, we, we, have, uh, we have strategic account management within our product brands. But at the end of the day, you know, if we did nothing at Promog, what we generally find is any given customer, if I was to pull them up in our system, is probably already buying from two or three of our brands without us doing anything. And that is just because they had to build a packaging line and they bought best in class equipment, which is the brands that we acquire. Again, we like them to be best in class. So naturally, they already have bought an Axon and a Wexar and a Brenton. And, you know, that means that there's not any one individual who owns that relationship. Um, we may have some brands that are really, you know, good partners that the customer may prefer to work with. But at the end of the day, you know, it's about accessibility to, to everyone and everything that we have and understanding that you know, customers make decisions all the time. And the great thing is when you're talking to a customer who doesn't know a lot about Promoc, and we kind of used to, used to call this our shock and awe slide when we would do a capabilities presentation, is we'd say, oh, and by the way, you know, you're already buying from seven of our brands and we're in five of your facilities. And they go, oh, okay, well, that's cool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's amazing. And I, I mean, I, I love also how you've codified the, you know, the lead registration and sales process across the whole organization to enable anyone to, uh, to kind of bring a sale in, into the org. And I, I, I mean, if I recall correctly, when we initially spoke at that point, you had already acquired three brands this year alone. Is that, is that right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So it's no wonder you need a process this yeah. <laughs> this well sorted in order to be able to do that that pace. Well, you know the great thing about that is is obviously we can we can get those brands into our cross selling program very quickly, and a lot of times it may be I need to do that in the third to fourth week of acquisition, but I'll get a phone call or an email from one of our other salespeople to say. Uh, I'm trying to put a lead in for them and I can't find them, you know, and they're already thinking about the company we acquired in terms of how we can bring more value uh, to the customer because we now have this in our portfolio. And that's very telling to me when when that sort of thing happens. I, I really, it, it excites me. John, it, uh, it sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, thank you so much for sharing uh, your experience and uh, knowledge uh, from the, the growth of Promoc with us today. I just, uh, I, I really enjoyed the conversation and I hope our listeners have as well. Awesome. I enjoyed it as well. Thank you guys.
Thank you. All the best. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.